If you will this morning, turn with me in the Word of God to our text this morning that will be found in the 66th Psalm, verse 16. Psalm 66, 16. Come and hear, all ye that fear God, and I will declare what He hath done for my soul. Let us pray. O oh Lord, how gracious Thou art, how holy Thou art, and how good and benevolent Thou art, Lord, how full of mercy and full of grace. O oh Lord, what love You have for Thy people. Lord, I pray at this hour that You would bring our minds subject to Thee, bring us to Thy feet to be instructed. Bless this time, Lord, with a fullness of Thy Spirit, that we may see what You have done. O oh Lord, we live in troublesome times, as Thy saints of old have always lived in troublesome times. But one thing has always been constant, and that is You. May You be pleased this hour to bring us away from these things that easily beset us, and set us at Thy feet, that we may hear Thy voice, that we may hear it, Lord, in our souls. Lord, reveal to us this hour what that means. Define for us in this hour, each individual, what soul work is. And Lord, may you receive all praise and all glory for great things thou hast done. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The words we have before us this morning in Psalm 66, 16 are the words of an inspired saint. One who... The Lord had worked many times in His life. But I want you to understand today, when we talk about soul work this morning, I want you to understand one of the, one of the most dangerous things. And you may you have to follow me here. One of the most dangerous things that we fall prey to sometimes is believing what God brings in providence to our bodies, to our minds, is equally what He brings to our souls. And that's not the case. Soul work is much different than the providential mercies that the Lord reveals to our mind and that we enjoy. I thought about that deeply this week as we all live in the same country. We see what's going on. We, we still see the numbers of deaths with COVID-19. We see how many people have lost their lives. And we thank God. We're all here this morning. The Lord has put a hedge about each and every one of us. And we praise God and we say, Thank you, Lord. Sometimes we can slip into that idea to think that that providential care is soul work. That's not soul work. We can look and see what's going on in the world today and and see some sometimes violence in the midst of it and say, thank you, Lord, once again for setting a hedge about us. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. And we take those things and we look at them and we say, these are the things that make up who I am. God has protected me. God has shown favor to me. And all of a sudden, we think that's soul work. And Jesus was very adamant that that was not soul work. 
The Pharisees believed that. They looked around and they said, whoa, the ones that have favor are the ones God is pleased with. And the ones where the tower fell upon, God did not have favor on them. And Jesus said, do you think they sinned any more than any other man? We look at those things and we mistake them. What we call those things is religion. That's what religion is. We look at what is provided and we think of the mercies. And don't get me wrong, I'm very thankful for the Lord's mercies. I am. But there's a big difference between the mercies that we receive that are new every day that we receive from our, on our bodies and on our person than the mercies we receive in the soul. The psalmist this morning declares, he says, come and hear. He's talking to the saints. He's talking to, and I know he's talking to the saints because he says, all ye that fear God. The Lord tells us in His Word, those who fear God are only those who the Lord has put His fear in their hearts. So He has made a distinction. The psalmist has made a distinction. I don't cast my pearls before swine. I don't tell the world about these things. I speak to those who have fear in their hearts. And that's what the psalmist is talking about. And what is he speaking? He is declaring. This is how the soul speaks. The soul declares what he, he meaning Christ, has done for my soul. That is soul work. The soul work is what Christ has done. What Christ is who His person is to my soul. Not the things, not the providential care, but what He has revealed in my soul in these times. That's what I would challenge you this morning. That's what I'd ask you this morning. In these times of trouble in our land, in our nation, what has the Lord said to your soul? I know what He said to your mind. I've been there with you. I know what He has said to the carnal man in you. I know how we rise up. I get that. But for the child of God, there is a union and a relationship that Christ has with His people. That's what David is talking about here when he says, I want to tell you what He's done for my soul. So this morning, I'd like to Uh, begin at the beginning and read down to our text and then spend a couple minutes on our text this morning and speak about where the psalmist is coming from. Even Jesus in his parables told us that man can commune with his soul. The rich fool communed with his soul. He said to his soul, oh, I'm now at ease now. I've I've built bigger barns. I've got more. I've got more. I'm going to take mine ease now. Because of providential things in his life. He saw the riches of his life and he said, oh, this is a good thing. That's how he communed with his soul. And we sit there and we think, well, why is that a bad thing when when blessings come? It's not a bad thing. But the Lord tells us in Romans 8.28 that all things work to the good. He's speaking about our soul. It's our soul that all these things. The afflictions... The blessings, the days of prosperity, the days of famine, the days, all of these days that the Lord's ordained for the child of God are for His soul. To conform us to His image. To prepare us to be with Him. To reveal to us who He is as we experience Him here in this life. So let's read what the psalmist said this morning. 
Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of His name. That's the soul speaking. Sing forth the honor of His name. We live at a time where it's very evident that man wants to be heard. Everyone today wants to be heard. We've all got an opinion. But how many people have you heard say, I want to be heard because I want to tell you what Christ has done for my soul. What about you? What about me? What voice do we have in this dark world? The Lord tells us that our light should shine and not be hid under a bushel. What is that light? Is it what He's done providentially for me? Is it what He's done in my soul? The psalmist tells us, sing forth the honor of His name. That's the soul speaking. Make His praise glorious. That's the soul speaking. How do I know it's the soul speaking? Because it honors and extols and glorifies Christ. The work in the soul that Christ does glorifies Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He takes the things of Christ and reveals them to our soul. And He empowers the soul to speak for Christ's sake. For His name's sake. Make His praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. How awesome it is, Lord, what you've done. How magnificent and omnipotent thou art in all of thy work. If you sit there today and you sit there and you don't look at the world the way the world looks at the world and you see Christ, that is a magnificent work. The old writer said it all the time that it would be easier to make a world than it would be to believe. And it's true. Our nature will not believe. We will not come to Christ. It would be easier for us to construct the world. And we can't do that either. And I know what that means experientially. Because the Lord's revealed the depravity of me. The depravity that lies in my heart. The deceitfulness in my heart. The unbelief that lies there. The ability to, to read what's going on and seek answers of anger or answers of rebellion. That's the fallen nature. But to speak what's in the soul. Has Christ worked in your soul? If He has, He reveals Himself. Say unto God, How terrible art thou in thy works! Through the greatness of thy power shall all, shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. We hear a lot of enemies. We hear a lot of people. Anyone who exalts self is an enemy of God, and that includes you and I. Self is a horrible enemy of God. The world is an enemy of God. Satan is an enemy of God. We have all of these warring factions that go on in our mind. But through the greatness of Thy power. See, the soul is brought to see it's all of Him. It's all according to His will. It's all according to His sovereign power. Shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee? You want to look and say, what's going to heal? This is what's going to heal. Christ. Christ is. 
He's Jehovah Rophi. He's the Lord that healeth. And the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. Soul work. To have a song in our voice. To to worship the Lord. To sing unto Him. Soul work. We all can open a hymnal and sing. We just did it. I can't tell you whether your soul was proclaiming the goodness of Christ in that. You might can. You don't know if how the words you, you... You probably know. Did I just mouth those words? Did I feel a closeness to Christ? Did Christ reveal Himself in the pages? That's soul work. Doing the duty or doing the thing is not soul work. Come and see the works of God. Whose works? Come and see the works of God. Come and see what He's done. That's what our psalmist said in our text. I will declare what He has done for my soul. My soul. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in His doing toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in Him. We'll talk more about that verse here in a minute. He ruleth by His power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. See law. Did you see that? When we exalt ourselves, we put forth, here's the way I see the world. This is the way I think of the world. You know what we're doing? We're rebelling against God and how He sees it. That's a, it it's amazing to me, and I can only stand back and tell you about the Lord's work in my own soul, but when things like this take place that's going on in our nation, I go through a gamut of emotions. Emotions are of the flesh. I see things and they may make me angry. They may make me sad. They may make me uh, sorrowful. They may make me want to rebel. I go through all of these things. None of that is soul work. All of that is works of the flesh. But when the Lord brings me to set me in that place to say, this is your sin. This is what you've done. These are the prejudices you have in your soul. These are the things in how you look at things because of tradition, because of custom, because... Well, who am I not seeing? I'm not seeing Christ who said there's no bond nor free nor male nor female, no Jew nor Gentile. We're all one in Christ. And then when He makes us to lie down, in that green pasture, that's soul work. That's making the soul to lie down. Because we do have a rebellious nature. He ruleth by His power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. See law. Stop and ponder. Oh, bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of His praise to be heard. His praise. We got enough of that today where we're hearing what everybody else thinks that it should be or what it should be for here's how to make things right. Well, dear ones, what Christ did for you and I on the cross, if we be in Him, when He said it is finished, He made things right. He made the soul right. And He is 
He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. He is faithful and just to reveal Himself to us. He is faithful and just to bring us into the path of His glory. For His name's sake. That's His work. That's soul work. We hear His voice. That's soul work. Oh, bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of His praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul and life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. Do you see the, the correlation? Do you see what David said? Do you see what the psalmist said? He's the Lord of my body, and He's the Lord of my soul. As I said, the danger sometimes is to get caught up in the, the bodily part. And praise God for that. Praise God for His mercies to, to me. But the psalmist says there's more. And that's the work in the soul. He holds our soul in life. He makes the voice, I'm sorry, and suffers not our feet to be moved. He sets our way. He keeps us. He preserves us. For Thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Oh, we will be tried. We say, well, you started this message by saying the Lord has put a hedge about us and He's kept it. Oh yes, but we're tried in the furnace. Yes. Well, it's not happening to me. He's put a hedge. Oh, it's happening to the child of God. He's trying us in the soul to reveal that His work. To to remove the dross. To bring forth what's finished. What His, His beautiful work in the soul of Christ there the hope of glory to trust Christ to live upon Christ to to fear no man but see Christ thou brought us us into the net thou laidest affliction upon our loins you did it Lord you brought this for my soul Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but Thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Talk more about that one in a minute. I will go into Thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay Thee my vows, soul work, which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto Thee burnt offerings of fatlings with the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks with goats. See law. Think think about that. The Lord in His perfect sacrifice put an end to these sacrifices. What is it the child of God sacrificed? The psalmist tells us it's the sacrifice of praise upon His lips. Upon the lips of the saint. Lord, this is what You have done. And it's marvelous in our eyes. Soul work. And then we come to our text. Come and hear. Come and hear. His desire is to tell. His desire is to share. His desire is to say, I want to speak about what the Lord has done in my soul. But as I said, to who? All ye that fear God. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 32, 40, And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. This is the Lord God speaking that I will not turn away from them. 
to do them good. I am faithful. I will always be. Lo, I am with you always. His, his, he is with His children always. But I will put my fear in their hearts that they shall not depart from Me. That's the difference. The child of God, the fear is put in his heart to love the Lord, to fear the Lord, and not to depart from the Lord. Do we backslide? Absolutely. Do we, do we get engulfed in self at times? Absolutely. But He is faithful to bring us back into the way. He is faithful to reveal the Son's work. He is faithful to show us. That's what that is. He has kept it. That's how He's preserved the saints. I put my fear in their hearts that they will not depart from Me. That's how the soul speaks. Oh, how is it that you are a believer? The Lord has put His, heart, His fear in my heart. He has loved me with an everlasting love. And He loved me first. And that's how and only how I can love Him. The soul speaks. The soul speaks of what Christ has done. And it is finished. It speaks to only those who can fear God. Only those that can understand. How else can anyone understand if they haven't got that fear in their heart? It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom. Now say this about those two things. Knowledge and wisdom is Christ. Wisdom as defined by Solomon in Proverbs is Christ. Knowledge, be careful what you know if it doesn't reveal Christ. Christ is all knowledge. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Look at verse 6 that we already talked to. He proves this work in our soul. He proves what He's done in our soul. That's how He makes us to cry out and declare what He's done. He turned the sea into dry land. I want you to stop and think a minute of, of, of that time as the children, of, God, uh, the children of, of Israel were there and the Red Sea was there and, and they had nowhere to go. And the enemy's got them hemmed in. And here comes the Egyptians with killing on their mind. And there's nothing, nowhere to go but a Red Sea. There must have been great fear. There must have been great trepidation. When we see the enemy and we see the closing in of the enemy, we have great fear and trepidation. But then the Lord works. The Lord parts the sea. Look at, look at this text. He turned the sea into dry land. Providential care. That's, provident. That's what He did for my body. That's what He did to preserve me. And then what happens when, he gets to the other, when they get to the other side and He destroys the very enemies right in front of their face. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. And we must go through the flood on foot. Jesus said it. Take up your cross daily and follow Me. The daily walk of a child of God is one of affliction, but it's one of joy. It's one of peace. 
It's one of love. Why? Because Christ is in us. Christ has went that path. He has, he has, he has done everything and procured everything for us. This is symbolic of life, this metaphor used in 6. They went through the flood on foot. And then look at, look at how it ends. There did we rejoice in Him. Yes, I'm sure there was a great exclamation. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. As we saw it all throughout the wilderness, didn't we? Oh, thank you, God, for the manna. Thank you, God, for the quails. Thank you, God, for the water. Thank you, God, for all this. And then they go right back off to their sins. And it does show you about kind of how life is with you and I. It's not a pretty picture. But when He comes with power, when He comes and He shows us what He's done, the soul leaps up and says, I have joy in You, Lord. That's what that says. There did we rejoice in Him. Well, David, you weren't there. <laughs> what are you talking about? You, you weren't there yet. Yeah, He's there spiritually. He's there where you and I are today if the Holy Spirit is willing to see. That's what deliverance is. The soul speaks. It speaks of deliverance. It speaks of being hemmed in. It speaks of, of sin all around us and being delivered from that sin. It speaks of Christ who has delivered us. It speaks of the Deliverer. That's what the soul says. Jesus said these words in John 16.33 These things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In me. This is soul work Jesus is talking about. We're going to have peace in the soul. We love peace when things are peaceful around us. We love to come here. Things seem to be so peaceful when we're together. We don't have to think of the world at this time and we're not forced to think of it. So we love that peace. But if you've ever experienced the peace which passes all understanding in the soul, you know it's no comparison. The peace in the soul. Wow, it, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter that you're tied to a stake being set on fire. If the Lord's peace is there, you're singing hymns unto Christ. You're singing glory to you, Lord. In the world ye shall have tribulation. We shall. But be of good cheer. That's joy. He's the God of joy. Christ is... That's the, the work of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of Christ is joy. Be of good cheer. You know, carnally we look at this verse, we go, wait a minute, we're going to have tribulation? What do you mean be of good cheer? The soul speaks though. I know what that means. I know what that means, be of good cheer. I know that there's joy even in the times of affliction because when the Lord comes to my soul, He's my deliverer. He's my healer. I've overcome the world. Joy is in the victory of Christ. Joy is in what my Lord has done for me. That's what He said. Come, Let me declare what He's done for my soul. Look at verse 12. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. That reminds me of what Isaiah said in 43 too. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. 
When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Why? Because He's with us. Because He carries us. Because He is a shelter in the time of storm. He is a shelter in the time of fire. He is the shelter in the time of violence. He is a shelter in the time of everything going on in this world. But dear ones, I'm talking about the soul. I'm talking about what does He say to your soul as all of this is going on. Has He brought you to that place? Has He set you in that place where it's just you and He? Has He spoken to you about His place in your soul? Has He showed you what the rest of this is? But Thou brought us us out into a wealthy place. The wealthy place is all the spiritual blessings that are in Christ Jesus. The wealthy place is Christ's finished work. The wealthy place is Christ's person. The wealthy place is Christ Himself. Paul said in Ephesians 2, 7 that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. That's how He shows His kindness to us. That's how we, that's how we know the soul is at work or being worked in when Christ is revealed. Do you see Him? Do you see Him? Our text says, Come and hear all you that fear God. And then the last part says, And I will declare what He's done for my soul. I will declare it. It's soul work. There's a difference between soul work and body work. Or what He's done providentially for me. I want to take you somewhere. Turn with me over to Luke 17. This is a very good example of what the Lord's laid on my heart today. The difference between soul work and providential work or things that... I want you to look at this in, in Luke 17. Look at Start in verse 11 with me. It came to pass as He went to Jerusalem that He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as He entered into a certain village, there met Him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, all ten of them called out the Master's name. All ten of them called out for mercy. All ten of them said, I know this is one, the one where mercy is. All ten of them. And they all cried out. They lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, they called upon His name. They said, Master, have mercy upon us. Have mercy on us. Give us mercy. We're crying out for mercy. We want mercy. You and I want mercy. We want mercy. They have leprosy. They're lepers. They've been outcast of society. They want relief. They're brought to call out to Jesus and His name. Don't miss that. And when He saw them, He said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. No more leprosy on the body. No more. No more leprosy on the body. A providential mercy. A great work of care and love and compassion. 
But we're not done. And one of them. No, it doesn't say all ten of them. It says one of them. Because many are called, but few are chosen. And one of them, by the sovereign particular grace that's found in Christ, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Different healing. Healed in body, healed in soul. The soul cries out to God and says, Thank you, Lord. You did this. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. He fell down. He said, This is my rightful place in the dirt. I praise your name. Thank you for what you've done. Who does that? Christ's work. Soul work. Now listen, I'm not up here telling you that uh, we don't, you know, we don't give God thanks every time He does something in our life. Absolutely not. We don't. But the work in this one's soul to bring him to the end of himself. He's been healed in the body. All ten of them have. But there's something going on in this one. There's something going on where he's been humbled, throws himself at the feet of Christ. Oh, by the way, he was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. Which is not very well thought of of the Jews. Of those religious, high-minded people who just had nine of them had something done for their body. They rejoiced in that. I suppose. We don't know. We didn't. They were healed. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? All ten touched in body. Only one touched in soul. Sovereignty. There are not found that return to give glory to God save the stranger. Stranger referring to the Samaritan. Further indictment against the Jews, the religious Jews. What did religion do for it? I called out Jesus. I called out for mercy. Yes, you did. And in His compassion, He healed you. But there's no work in the soul. And He said unto him, the words of Christ again, 19, Arise and go thy way. Thy faith. Well, we know it ain't His faith. We know it has to be imputed faith because only one differed from the other ones. All ten of them cried out for Jesus. All ten of them. Thy faith has made thee whole. What's the difference? Faith in the soul. To believe. Faith to credit the Word of God. Faith and the Holy Spirit present to say, this is the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is the one that's worthy. Fall down. Humbleness. Humility. Works of Christ in the soul. Where are the others? They had a providential blessing. Did they not? Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference every day in your life? The Lord is so abundantly merciful to us 
to bring an abundance of mercies upon our bodies and minds. But the ones that lead to the soul work, where Christ is present in the soul, I don't think anyone in here, if you've experienced it, would trade it for any of the physical blessings. Not if you've experienced it. Not if you've experienced Christ in the soul. You'd say, take it all. Well, we talked about a few about a month ago, Mephibosheth. Take all that land. It doesn't matter. I just have to have Christ. Take it all. That's the soul speaking. This is the soul's work. The soul must declare the work in the soul. He must. That's what our psalmist said. I want to go a couple places today. And then we'll move back to our text. I don't want to dwell on them that long, but let's go to Lamentations 3 real quick. Of course, my heading today is the soul speaking. What does the soul say? What does the soul what does the soul say? Because I haven't really touched much on that. I wanted to read a couple of passages about what the soul speaks about. Lamentations 3, if you begin in verse 21, this I recall to my mind. Therefore have I hope. This is after going through all of the stripping and everything that the Lord had revealed to Jeremiah and, and the, the wilderness in his soul. And then, and then the Lord lifts him up. This is soul. This is what the soul speaks. This is how the soul speaks. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. It is of the Lord's mercies. Not my doing. Not what I've done to protect myself. Not, it's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. Oh, the child of God sings. The soul sings of the faithfulness of His Lord. Because He is faithful every time we're not. And we're not faithful often. The only times we're faithful, dear ones, and I can say this and stand on these streets, the only times we're faithful is the day of His power. That's it. Great is Thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. My portion. The Lord is my life. It's my portion down here. This is, this is what I care about. What does He say? The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. Soul work. My hope is in Christ. It's in my soul. That's what that's my hope ain't in physical things or things turning around this way or that. No. My hope is in Christ. Revealing himself to my soul. Because when he does that, everything's good. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. Yes, he is. Cause me to wait. Patience through the Spirit. Wait upon the Lord's manifestation of Himself in my soul. Oh, if the Lord... If we just was given that patience, we wouldn't be looking at the world. We wouldn't be watching them headlines and going, oh, and getting all upset. No. What does the Lord say about it? How does the Lord look at it? That's all that matters. Turn with me over to Romans 3. As I said, these are kind of hit and miss. I could have used the entire Word of God to speak about what the Lord has done in the soul. But these are the passages He gave me just to 
touch on a few things. This is Romans 3, and we'll just begin in verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being wit... That's eh, not it, is it? Oh, sorry. 23. Okay, I wasn't far off. 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know what that is? That's soul work. You know that? The Lord reveals you're a sinner. That's work in the soul. He must break down before He builds up. What do you need a Savior for if He hasn't revealed you're a sinner? That's soul work. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm in need of Him to show glory to Him. I, I can't do this. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's what the soul speaks about. Redemption. Being bought by the price of His blood. The blood that paid the debt for me. That's what the soul speaks about. Being justified. Being pronounced not guilty when my mind tells me I'm guilty. When the world tells me I'm guilty. When Satan tells me I'm guilty. When my old nature says I'm guilty. What does Christ do in the soul? He says you're not guilty. I've paid that price. I've nailed those sins on the tree. I've taken them all far away from the east is from the west. I've set you free. There is no double jeopardy. You are not going to have to pay twice for this sin. He's put it away. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. Think about that. Does a soul cry out and say, Thank you, Lord, that you stood in my place. That you stood in my place and you took the justice of God's wrath upon sin. And you did that for me. That's what the soul work is. He did that for me. I've heard all my life that preaching Christ and, and that Christ did it all and Christ paid it all and that Christ is sufficiency. I've heard all my life that that, learned, that leads to licentious living. It's what the religious man says. Oh, it's going to lead everybody to licentious living. They're going to go out and do whatever they want because Christ has done it all. Not if it's soul work. If He shows you what your Savior did for you on the cross, you have sorrow. You have a desire never to do it again. You pray for the Lord to preserve you not to sin that way ever again, Lord. You paid for this sin. You paid for it with your blood and with your life. That's the deterrent. And the Lord's fear and love that He's put in my heart is the deterrent. To not live a lascivious life, licentious life, any debauchery of life. Why? Because of Him. Not because of me. Am I capable of all of that? Absolutely. But because of His keeping, because of the seed of Christ that resides in us, He is faithful to Himself, dear First and foremost, because he could swear by no other. And he's faithful to all of his children. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness. This is the soul speaking. For the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. He's put them all away. Past, present, and future. To declare, I say, at this time, His righteousness. That's what the soul does. Declares His righteousness, not my own. 
my own filthy, the rags, that he might be just and justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. And then the question comes up, and I'd ask the same question, where is boasting then? Oh man, where is your boasting? It's excluded. By what law of works? Is it because of works? Absolutely not. Unless you want to say it's his work. But by the law of faith. The faith that the Lord gives, the faith of the Son of God, to credit everything that he has done. Credit that it's true. Credit that it's right. Credit that he's done it all. And he's done it all for you. And he's done it all for me. Last place we'll go. Second Corinthians 5. Real quick. I'll just read through this briefly. Second Corinthians 5. We'll just begin in 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us. This is the soul speaking again. Don't lose sight of where we're... It's a soul speaking. Because we thus judge, if one died for all, then we're all dead. We're all dead. You hear that? Nobody's better. All of us in the same boat. Death. But if the Lord Jesus died for us, He has made us alive. Love of Christ constrains us to believe it. The love of Christ says... That's what the soul says. It's, it's His love that He laid down His life for me. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. That's resurrection life. Resurrection life means you died with him and now you have been risen again to live in him, in newness of life. Notice how that started. We don't henceforth live unto ourselves anymore. The soul says, I live for Christ because Christ is in me the hope of glory. He is that way. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we Him no more. And we know Him by the Spirit. Familial relationships go by the wayside when Christ is in the soul. They go into the, their proper place blessings of the Lord but not the Lord not the Lord the Lord is is that union the Lord is that husband the Lord is that best friend that's the Lord therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature old things are passed away behold all things have become new that's what the soul says everything's new I see life in a different way I see Christ in everything. I see the Christ has done everything. I proclaim, I declare what Christ has done in my soul. That's the new creature. And all things are of God. That's what he's declaring. Who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us to given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit, to understand, this is the soul again, to understand that God was in Christ. That there's no separation of the Trinity. That God was in Christ reconciling the elect world, the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Has He committed that unto you? That you have been reconciled to Christ? 
by His death and resurrection. Do you see Him reigning today? Does your soul say these words? Does your soul say, now then we are ambassadors for Christ? That's the soul work. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Oh, I've said that to myself many times. Many times. And I know I shall be in the day of His power. He's never let me down that way. Never. He is faithful. For He has made Him to be sin for us. Did your soul say that? He made Him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Just a few things to take you. This is how the soul speaks. I hope you saw in all three of those passages, it was all of Him. I hope you see that in all of the Word of God. The soul speaks, excuse me, the soul speaks about what He has done. Go back to our text, please. We'll bring this to an end. Psalm 66, 16. Come and hear all ye that fear God and I will declare what He has done for my soul. I cried unto Him with my mouth and He was extolled with my tongue. That's the soul speaking. I cried unto Him with my mouth. He was lifted up with my tongue. That's the difference of what we saw with the ten and the one. One lifted up Christ with His voice and one lifted Him up with it and fell down at His knees and extolled Christ to a higher position. That's soul work. I cried unto Him with my mouth and He was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, if I walk around and I say, woe is me, if my focus is upon my sin, the Lord will not hear me. Do you hear that? We're focused on self. Focused on sin. Woe is me. What The soul doesn't do that. The soul says this is what Christ has done. The soul speaks. The soul doesn't say, woe is me. Unless that woe is me is filled with because of Him. Woe is me. I've been lifted out. Look what He's done that now I'm, I'm a priest and a king. Wow. What a work. That's what the soul says. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God which had not turned away my prayer, nor His mercy from me. See, the soul knows that the Lord hears him because of that union. He set me in that place. That's how He hears my prayers. The Lord, that's a union relationship. Does your soul speak of that union? Does your soul say this is what Christ has done? May the Lord search us all and reveal His work in the soul for the glory of Him. Dear Heavenly Father, add Thy power and Thy clarity and give us praise to praise Thee, Lord, for Thou truly art worthy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.